tonight I, I want to talk to you. I do this every once in a while. It's been a few months. Uh, <clears throat> I want to talk, talk to you about keeping your faith strong for healing. We, we do not believe um, that healing is for us based on what happens to other people. People have all kinds of issues. So if you got your eyes on others and they weren't healed, you got a situation in your family, children, friends, job, <coughs> somebody uh, for whatever reason weren't healed, uh, you know, if you, if you focus on that, you lose immediately. And you don't know other people. You, you, can't, you can't have faith in Jesus for healing with our eyes on other people, right? We've got to have our eyes steady focused on Him and what His Word says. I'm not saved because other people were saved. I'm saved because of what God's Word says about me being a sinner in need of a Savior and what God promised to do if I would repent, right? So it's not based on somebody else. So, you know, Jesus died for one person. He died for you. Is that right? And so His, his, his sacrifice is equally for you. It's for everybody else, but need to focus in on the fact that it's for you. So past uh, a couple of years, uh, the world's focused on, it's really bothered me a lot that the world has focused on sickness the way that it ha has with this COVID-19. And I'm not going to get into the milieu of what I think about all that. Nonetheless, uh, it has been a, a huge focus and uh, that has particularly bothered me because I spent the early part of my life focusing on sickness uh, for lots of reasons and, and fearing that I was going to die as a, before I ever really lived. Uh, I, I, was, I, I was afraid I wouldn't live past my teens and 20s for, for, for all of my teenage years. And when I came to Jesus and he, he set me free from the fear of sickness and disease and hence death, I, I, I was like a bird out of a cage. And, it, and you know what? You're not going to put me in that bondage again. Once you get set free, how many know it's good? So uh, don't look to the media for faith in God for healing because you will be disappointed every time you look there. Um, the media spreads fear constantly, yes or no? Um, if you're going to walk in health, uh, the faith in the heart must be strong. What? If you're going to walk in fa uh, health, the, your fa the faith in your heart has to be stronger than the fear around us. So, so if, you, if you still feel kind of odd and unusual inside, saying, wonder if, wonder if I'm going to get that, wonder if that's going to happen to me, your faith is not yet built up, but it can be, and I want to show you how to do that. Is that okay? Jesus made it very clear, the Amplified New Testament, Luke 21, 11, and that, now again, uh, focus in the fact that he knows the future, and he knew what was going to be happening before he came back. So Luke 21 is one of the passages where uh, disciples asked Jesus what would happen before he came back. Here's what he said. There will be mighty and violent earthquakes in various places, famines, pestilences, uh, pestilence being defined as plagues or malignant and contagious or infectious epidemic diseases which are deadly and devastating. Wow. So uh, uh, he knew people would be in labs putting things together to make people sick. I won't even go there anymore with that. And there will be sights of terror and great signs from heaven. He already knew it, yes or no? I mean, he said it 2,000 years ago. So again, tonight, I just want to simply counteract the fear about what God, uh, uh, fear with what God says about our health. And uh, it, you, you got to decide now that you're going to resist fear and that you're going to walk by faith where, when it comes to your physical body and your health. How many hear me? What we are on the inside always shows up on the outside. Is that true? So, so whatever I am on the inside, I reflect in how I respond to life and how I talk and how I deal with the circumstances that come my way. I love this uh, verse, Isaiah 33, 6. Learned this when I was a very young believer in my teens. Wisdom and knowledge 
will be the stability of your times and strength of salvation. That word stability grabbed me because I, when I came to Jesus, I was extremely unstable in most areas of life. And, you know, if the wind blew a certain way, I'd go that way. It's just the way it was. So when I found out there's something that could bring stability, uh, I, I, I went after it. And I, I just want to encourage you, if you feel unstable, the Word of God can produce stability in you. Yes or no? Proverbs 4.23, God your heart above all else. It determines the course of your life. That is, what is on the inside of me determines what happens to me in life. You know, what happens to me in life is not as important as how I choose to deal with it. I can't always change the circumstances. I can't change what, what is out here and that grabs attention, that gra- you know, grabs my hearing, my seeing, the circumstances I can sense and feel. But I can choose how I respond to that data, right? And I can choose God. I can choose positive. I can choose faith. So again, tonight, I just want to give you a shot in the arm about faith. Again, when I, I came to Jesus, I knew nothing about healing. I was in the church almost 18 years and knew nothing about divine. I never heard one sermon uh, positively that God would absolutely heal you from sickness and disease. It was always the will of God. It may be God's will. It may not be God's will. And faith begins where the will of God is known. If you don't know that God will heal you, you have no faith for healing. You've got to know. So I've did a lot of, uh, in fact, I have a lot of messages on healing. Let me see my podcasts. Encourage you to listen to them twice a week. I did uh, at one point when I first started the podcast, I was doing five a week, and it, whoo-hoo-wee, that was tough. Uh, but I did uh, 50, 51 or 52 podcasts on healing, and I went into detail, and I think it was maybe uh, the middle of November 2020 through January, the end of January 2021. So if you just go feed on that, my encouragement, feed, whatever you want faith for, you got to put your focus on, Yes. So we got lots of information there. Uh, I write blogs. I've gotten written a lot of blogs on healing, and I filter that in there every once in a while. So nonetheless, uh, you know, you may be filled with fear of sickness right now, and tonight I just want to give you some encouragement that you can work yourself out of that if you want to. How many hear me? The important thing is don't wait until, uh, until a challenge comes to build your faith up in any area of life. Now, let me also say this. You can have uh, faith in God for salvation. You can have faith in God to answer prayer for someone else. You can have faith in God to uh, meet your financial need, to get a job, to do this, that, for someone to come to Jesus. Um, uh, You can have faith in one area but not have faith in another. So you may have faith for God to do this, 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 and some other area of life and not have faith in God for healing. It's according to what you do. It's according to what kind of word of the word of God you ingest. For me, I've had to focus on, you know, focus on the areas of life that give you problems. For me, um, just the ideology of, of weakness, of fear, of sickness, of disease, that was deeply embedded in me from the time I was very young. So when I came to Jesus, it's like, how can I get this sack off my back? I, I don't want to be thinking about this all the time. How many know pressure, pressure to change can push you? So I had the pressure. I can't be that way the rest of my life. So I found out what the Bible said about healing and health and went after it like a dog grabs a bone with a lot of meat left on it. And I mean, I went after it and, and I tore that meat off that bone. So don't wait until you have problems uh, before you build your faith up. Uh, you know, um, be a spiritual prepper. 
prepare ahead of time. Get you some stuff, have you some goods and all. So build your faith up in healing. Why you don't need it, while you're healthy, prepare for the time the enemy attacks. If you do that, how many know if you're going to school and you got to cram for an exam and you stay up till two or three in the morning, you're going to have a hard time staying awake to even take the exam the next day. It's better to prepare by studying a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. And, you know, as you, when you go to college, they'll give you some information about this is the way you probably want to study. You probably don't want to cram. You want to do this and this. Do the same way spiritually, right? Everybody good? Um, I, I want to say this. Um, the same sacrifice of Jesus that saves us from sin is the same sacrifice that we can have faith in to heal us from disease. Yes or no? So, so I want to show you that again. Um, so, so let me say a different way. The faith you have to receive, and this is not in my notes, y'all. <laughs> it's extra. The faith you have to receive forgiveness is the same faith that will heal you from sickness and disease. The same way you exercise faith um, in forgiveness for sin is the same way you exercise faith to be healed of disease. So, so again, the question, it begs the question, well, how do, I, how do I have faith in God to know that God has forgiven sin when I commit a sin? Well, you know, I mention it frequently. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from unrighteousness. You know that. And then Scripture teaches both Old and New Testament, when God forgives your sins, uh, he doesn't even remember what you did, Right? Their sins and lawless deeds I'll remember no more. Uh, Hebrews 10, 17, Isaiah 43, 25, I, even I am he who blots out your transgressions for mine own sake and will not remember your sins. That's good, right? So, so what do we do? We go to God, you know, you mess up, you know, blah, 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 blah. you say something you shouldn't say to somebody. So, oh man, you have to go back to them. So I'm sorry, Jesus. Or you do something. Maybe it's a physical sin. Maybe it's a mental sin. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a word, something you've said. Well, you go to God and say, God, I, I messed up so bad. I'm so sorry. I found, and you feel bad yourself, right? So when you sin, your own conscience convince you, does it not? And, and then you've got to wrestle through that. It's like, man, I just feel awful. So you go to God, what do you do? Say, God, I just regret I ever, I ever yielded to that. And I'm sorry. And you confess your sin. Well, walking by faith for God to forgive your sin, what do you have to do? You have to believe that when you, uh, you confessed your sin and asked him to forgive you that he did what he said. And to begin with, you don't feel like he did what he said. You still feel unforgiven, yes or no? Because you haven't forgiven yourself yet. You feel lousy because you even yielded. Is that true? Do y'all have that experience? So do you walk by faith to have sins forgiven? And you have to defy your feelings and thoughts. Is that true? Same way faith works for healing. You've got to, in the beginning stage, be willing to uh, navigate uh, without feelings uh, and with thoughts bombarding you, telling you you're not healed, it ain't working. You got to navigate while it looks like it's not working and thank God for doing what he said would do for you. That is, heal your body while you don't feel healed, just like you navigate through forgiveness. You know, it takes you, you know, probably 24 hours or more sometimes according to what the offense is and how long you were, were involved in it before your feelings kind of say, okay, God did forgive me, okay, right? Is it true? Do the same thing with healing. Is that right? Is that good? So again, got to believe that God answers and honors his word while it looks like it's not working. That is faith. So I got four things about believing God for healing. Y'all ready for this? Number one, number one, deal with fear. Everybody say, I've got to deal with fear. So again, fear is a thought. Fear always comes on the heels of a thought. It's always, it's, it's like a, it, it's really, um, 
It's a suggestion, almost an auto-suggestion sometimes. You'll be, you know, you'll be, you'll be, I mean, you can be um, uh, uh, looking at something on the internet, you can listen to a podcast, uh, watching something on TV or whatever, and, and uh, an advertisement comes on for uh, XYZ medication for XYZ problem, and, uh, and, and suddenly this thought comes up, well, you might get that. You ever had that happen to you? You, you might, you, you're probably going to have to deal with that. And then when you get older, you are going to have to deal with that. You better deal with that right now, you know. And uh, so I'm just saying that thoughts come. Or, or, you know, the suggestions come. I'm just saying that fear comes on the heels of thought. So to deal with fear, number one, you've got to deal with the thought behind it, yes or no. So, you know, First uh, First Peter 5, 8, be sober-minded. This is uh, English Standard Version, be sober-minded. Or um, it, it really, the, the Greek word there gives hint, hint to uh, be mentally self-controlled. That is, watch what you allow your mind to ponder on, right? You, you can't keep a bird from flying over your head. I think Martin Luther's the origin of this, but you can keep him from building a nest in your hair, right? Can't keep thoughts out. You can't keep people from saying certain things, but you don't have to continually entertain that thought, that sentence. Yes or no? Be sober-minded. Then it says be watchful. I've learned to be very careful with what kinds of thoughts I allow to, to engage, uh, I allow myself to engage with. And if it's a fear thought, I, I've learned to immediately resist the fear. If you yield to the fear, it's got a way of growing. It's kind of, my, it's kind of like a snowball. It just catches more fear, and it just has some boys that come on and hang on with it, right? Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. How is he prowling around? With thoughts. He's constantly bombarding. We live in a negative atmosphere, and there are constant thoughts negatively that come about our physical bodies. Yes or no? I've got experience of this, particularly when you age. And you're not moving as fast as you were. Or you get up and you say, okay, we're going to get up a different way. Or you start moving like you used to when you were 25 and you're 64 like me. And thoughts come. Did you hear me? Now, if you're not there yet, you'll reach there one day. I'm just telling you, you got to deal with fear. So I've got ways to counteract fear in my own life. Seriously, when I first came to Jesus, I had to be willing to kick the fear thoughts out of my life. Uh, Proverbs 29, 25 the fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be saved. So fear attracts Satan the way faith attracts God. So if I'm involving myself in fear, I'm asking for later problems. Right? Job 3.25, the thing I greatly fear, Job said, has come upon you. He's constantly checking on his boys, constantly checking on their wives, constantly checking on his family, because he just knew they were going to do something wrong, open the door up to the devil, and he's going to lose it. And what he feared happened. Go read the book of Job. All happened in about a year's time. The thing I greatly feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. Next time fear comes up and you choose to grasp the fear and don't let it go, ask yourself, do I want what I'm fearing in my life? If you don't want that in your life, then you got to let it go. 
All right, right? So 2 Timothy 1, 7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God's not given a spirit, a spirit of fear. So where does the spirit of fear come from? The enemy. I like that 2 Timothy 1, 7 calls it a spirit of fear because I can resist fear the way I resist the enemy. When Satan comes tempting you with thoughts and other things, you know, you say, uh-uh, what did Jesus say? Get behind me, Satan, for it is written. And you resist fear exactly the same way. Fear is a spirit. So, so uh, faith cancels fear, right? Or fear cancels faith. No way you can operate in faith and fear at the same time, right? Um, I'm just going to say this pretty raw. Uh, COVID-19. You know what it showed people? How much faith they, they have? Or how much faith they thought they had? Because can I get real with you? Chew. That's South Carolina for you. Chew. A lot of people around the world, and listen, I've talked to pastor friends. It's hard for us to believe that so many people chose the fear route. Gets quiet, doesn't it? Yes or no? We're, it was just very surprising. I was dumbfounded. The fear was so strong, right? See, the enemy knows how to mess with you. He knows how to get your head. Fear. Don't let fear rule your life. If you're walking in fear, it cancels faith. You can't have both. To receive faith, you got to let go of the fear. Number two, feed your faith Starve your doubts. Everybody say it out loud. Feed your faith. Starve your doubts. To what information sources do you give the most attention? All right? So, so what am I doing? What am I listening to? There are certain things still to this day. Came to Jesus when I was almost 18. I refuse to read. There are certain books I will not read. There are certain things that I will not I, I, I won't do it. There are certain movies that are based on sickness I will not watch. Listen, uh, my mom and dad in the early, mid-60s took me to a movie when I was a little boy, and I'm not going to go into any more detail than that other than to say the whole script of the movie was based on a person getting lung cancer, and so the ladies um, sitting there at the desk, I still see it in my head. I was a kid. I was maybe seven or eight, and... Uh, and she's standing, she got a Kleenex in her mouth, suddenly she goes, and blood's all over the table. And then the next scene is the doctor saying, well, ma'am, you got lung cancer, you're going to die. So the whole movie, we're watching a woman die, slowly. You know what that did to me as a kid? It put fear of lung cancer in me big time. Did you hear what I just said? And, and you know, uh, I came to Jesus and said, man, I refuse I, I will not watch a movie that's based on, a lot of the, can I get real with you? A lot of the, some of the faith movies are all based on, well, this person's got a dreaded disease. They're going to die. They're going to reach the end game and they're not going to get well. They're going to go to heaven and it's all about trying to get the unbeliever into the family of God. But uh, by the whole thesis of the movie's fear, I won't watch it. Now you can't, I'm not. I know enough about me. I don't want fear thoughts in my head. And I don't want fear scenes in my head. Yes or no? 
So what are you giving your attention to? Feed your faith and starve your doubts. Romans 10, Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Mark 4, 24, amplified New Testament. Jesus said, be careful what you're hearing. What are you hearing? If somebody's talking negative, talking doubt, talking sickness, talking disease, I cut it off. I can find something else that, that I can listen to. Be careful what you're hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue, positiveness, and knowledge that comes back to you, and more besides will be given to you who hear. So I say these words, you know, every once in a while I'll say them all together. Here it is again. Hearing, thinking, believing, speaking, and then acting. That's the way it works. Hearing, hearing produces thinking, right? Thinking produces believing. Believing produces speaking because out of the abundance of the heart, Jesus said in Matthew 12, 34, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Huh? So you say your mouth will give you away. If you feed no fear, it'll come out your mouth. I don't know how many people say, better watch that. Watch what? Well, that. Well, what I want to watch that? Because someone said, where'd you hear that? See, where did you hear that? It came out of their mouth. Right? I will give you a $100 crisp bill if you ever hear doubt and fear come out of my mouth about sickness and disease. It's yours. No, I didn't even say anything about that. <laughs> Hearing, thinking, believing, speaking, acting. Think about it. Change the atmosphere of your life, right? Now, let me say this. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to get practical. You can tell when your word level increases. You can tell when your faith increases. And, 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 and let me say this. Faith takes the place of a sense of desperation. You ever felt desperate, like it ain't working? I don't know what to do. I'm gonna fail. I'm not gonna make. You, ever, you know how that feels? See, see, when your faith is built up in God, see, it gets rid of that sense of desperation. If that's still there, if you still got this nagging, I don't know, Pastor Nick. I know what you're saying. See, see, well, I know what you're saying. It's true. See, you're discounting the word when you say that. And what that tells me is what's inside of you is not stronger than the circumstance around you and the things you hear. Do you hear what I just said? Somebody got it. Do you hear me? If you still feel like it ain't right yet, you still got the angst inside, you don't have your faith built up yet. And that's okay. Don't, you know, that's good. You got to locate yourself. Here's me. Now, if you, I'm, I'm the most pragmatic person you may ever meet because everywhere I am, I'm looking for a way to make things work. In fact, I'm the person that you want to be beside when calamity strikes because I'm looking for a way of escape. I'm looking for a, I can keep one nostril sucking air, then I'm going to make it. And that's just the, just the way I am. So, so you want to be around people. I'm looking, I'm looking for answers. How many hear me? So, so. So, so if if you so so I'm just saying that you know if I'm on if I'm on a trip and, and I don't know where I am, which is is rare, but it has happened on occasion, uh, particularly before the advent of the GPS. 
and you're following a road map, and Susan and I are traveling through several states, and you don't have anything but your little map, and you've already mapped it out with your yellow lines. Y'all ever do that if you're older? And then you take a wrong turn, or they messed up the road, or there's a detour that gets you off track. The only way I can find my way back is to find out where I am. If I know where I am, I can find out where I need to go, right? That's the way life is. So if you have that sense of desperation, you know, don't throw up a hand and say, well, oh, my Lord, it's over. No, 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 that's good. You found out where you are. The solution is uh, faith can take the place of desperation. Did you hear me? uh, Desperation is maybe another another buzzword for fear, perhaps. What is the answer meditating in the Word? When I first came to Jesus, uh, 18 years old, first found out that God wanted to answer prayer, that was a big deal for me because I thought sometimes God says yes, sometimes God says no, sometimes God doesn't say a word, you just got to figure it out yourself, you know. But when I found out God wanted specifically to answer prayer, then I had to start meditating in the, and, and wanted to heal me. Then the, first, the next thing I did was I had that sense of desperation. I still had that sense of, you're going to die young. You're not going to make it out to probably your 20s. You know, you're going to have a car wreck. I already had you know, a couple of them. And, uh, or something bad's going to happen. You're going to get a dreaded disease. You're going to die, Bubba. You're just going to die. You're going to die before you live. So desperation pushed me. And I started meditating in the Word. And here's what happens. If you'll meditate in the Word, and I'm going to get to it right quickly here. If you'll meditate in the Word about healing enough, it's kind of like a balloon blowing up on the inside. It's a small but it starts crowding everything else out. And, and I, I remember when I was doing this, I mean, y'all, I took, I, I literally, I, take my, I would take my lunch times, I would take the breaks where the guys are just talking about stupid stuff in the break room. I take my Bible, I just, med- I just meditate. I get scripture on healing, scripture on faith, scripture on answer, and just read them. You reading your Bible again, Mitch? Uh-huh. You gonna be a preacher, Mitch? I don't know. You're a holy man, Mitch? Huh, I'm just, I'm just a Christian. But I'm going to read this Bible. And they're cussing and smoking and talking about what they did last night. And I'm just meditating. And you know, you, you can meditate on the Word enough, it, it blows up like a balloon inside, and it crowds out fear, doubt, that feeling of desperation, of, of not being in control. You know what I'm talking about? Y'all, once you replace that inside with faith in Jesus, you're going to be all right. Panic leaves, assurance appears when you meditate in the Word. You get it? Number three, Isaiah 53 is the basis for faith in Jesus' sacrifice to not only forgive us, but to heal us. Now, let me tell you what I still do. I've been doing this for 46 years. I started sometime in 1976. This scripture right here, in fact, um, yeah, you know, last night I... For some reason, I wake up somewhere between 2.30 and 3 o'clock about every night. And, um, and then, you know, I don't count sheep. I meditate, and I usually will go over healing scripture. I mean, I got a book, but this is one of them. This is one of the main ones. Here it is. And I want to uh, jump right down in the scripture. I know, Sean, you've got the other scripture. I'm going to start with verse 3 of Isaiah 53. He is despised, talking of Jesus, the Messiah. He is despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows, that could be uh, translated pains. Many times in the Old Testament it's translated pains. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, 
And that Hebrew word many times in the Old Testament is translated sickness. So it could be translated. He is despised, rejected by men, a man of pains and acquainted with sickness. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely, surely, there's no more positive assertion that I can think of in the English language than surely. That's a little bit different than maybe. Surely, he's borne our griefs. That word born means to assume a heavy burden, to take what is somebody else's and make it your own. It's used of the Levitical scapegoat in Leviticus 16 on the Day of Atonement. The high priest would take a clean goat put his head, hands on the head of the goat and confess the sins of the Israelites over the head of the goat. It's called the scapegoat. Then the scapegoat was let go into the wilderness signifying that all of the Israelites' sins for the whole year had been transferred to the goat and the goat took off into the wilderness never to be seen again like their sins will not be seen for a whole year. Isn't that awesome? And so surely he has borne and that's a word for what Jesus did when he took our sickness. Surely he has, he has pl- been, had placed upon himself our sicknesses and that word carried is a similar word to born. It means to assume a heavy burden. It means the complete removal of, of, of what someone has and it's given to someone else. Just like the sins of Israel were given to the scapegoat. So again, uh, surely he's borne our sicknesses, carried our pains, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. So God put on Jesus my sin, my cheating, my lying, my rebellion, my words, my thoughts, my actions. Jesus became us. You ever sat back and just thought about Jesus becoming what you did? And Jesus being judged for what you did? And Jesus losing his life for what you did? God turning his back on Jesus for what you did. Just meditating. So do the same thing and see Jesus with your sickness, huh? your allergies, your knee pain, your back pain, your headaches, your lung problems, your ear problems, your eye problems, your heart problems, your skin. Jesus became all that. Just one big hunk of sickness. He became your sin. And right here it says he bore them. He bore your sicknesses. You get it? Yet we esteemed him stricken. Stricken with what? With our sicknesses and illnesses and our sins. Smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And with his wounds, with his stripes or wounds, we are healed. So a lot of people, I mean, commentaries galore. I've got them on my iPad, on my computer. Uh, constantly a saints talk about spiritual things. It's got to be talking about physical things. It's got to be talking about not spiritual. We're not spiritually sick. We're spiritual sinners. And the cure for the sin is to give the sin to Jesus. Repent. He'll give you a new life. You'll become a new creature, right? No, it's talking about physical sins, uh, physical sicknesses, physical illnesses. Matthew 8, 16, 17, when evening had come. Speaking of Jesus, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed and they cast out, he cast out the spirits with the word and healed all that were sick that, verse 17, 
it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, and we just read it in Isaiah 53, 4, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Jesus is not talking in that reference about Jesus forgiving their sin. He's talking about him healing their diseases. Do you see it? The Holy Spirit gave us a direct commentary to Isaiah 53, 4 from Matthew 8, 17. So if your head's telling you, like my Baptist head told me, there is no healing today. There's no promise of God that you're going to be healed because Isaiah 53 is talking about your sins, not your sicknesses. The, new, the Holy Spirit has a commentary himself. Jesus healed people. Demons came out of demon-possessed people. Uh, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sickness to, sicknesses to fulfill what Isaiah said in Isaiah 53, 4. Then Acts 10, 38, when I wake up at night, I meditate on Isaiah 53 a lot. I meditate on uh, Matthew 8, 17 a lot. And then this next verse, a lot of times, you know, I just grab this one because I like it. How God anointed, Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all, everybody say all, all. who were oppressed of the devil. Spirit, uh, sickness is oppression of the devil, for God was with him. God has no sickness in heaven. He has no sickness to put on us, and it's not his best for us to be sick. It's his best for us to be well. I know some people don't attain to God's best, but you don't know the background of why they didn't, and you gotta leave it alone. Yes or no? I don't know about you, but I want God's best with, with respect to my physical. I got to stay in this body as long as I'm on earth. It's my earth suit. I don't have any choice if I'm going to see you. I got to be in this body. And Jesus made provision for me to be in a well body, not a sick one. Is it true? Yeah. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with a Holy Spirit power went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Then 1 Peter 2.24, I meditate on this one a lot too and have over the years. Uh, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sin, might live unto righteousness, by whose stripes or wounds you were healed. He's looking back after the cross, back to Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5, very clearly. So again, Jesus' sacrifice on the cross takes care of my sins, takes care of my sicknesses, and this same kind of faith I exercise to receive forgiveness of sin, in that I have to believe God's word first, and ignore the emotions of unforgiveness and just believe that God answered me and wiped my sin out while I feel like I still got it, right? Then the same way to receive healing, what I do? Believe what God's word says about my healing, that when Jesus took my sins, he also took my sicknesses and, and asked God to heal me and then thank God when it looks like it's not working for healing my physical body. Yes or no? So number four, as I conclude, health starts with what you're saying. Say it out loud. Health starts with my mouth. So question, do you actively with your words acknowledge that you believe you receive health and healing? Or do you have a, a sick mouth and, y'all, uh, and you're given an organ recital? Have you ever met a person and in the first five minutes of meeting them, they tell you how many maladies they have, how many times they've been to the doctor, and how many medications they're on? You know why they'll never get rid of that? Because they don't know that their words are keeping it bound to them. 
and it's negating any faith that they have. Good people, maybe well-meaning people, but you know, you're not going to get healed talking about sickness. Right? So I said all that to say, here's what I do. I'm just telling you what, every, sing, every single day I remind the Lord of his promises with respect to my human body. Why do I do that? Again, I'm going to live in it lifelong. Well, it's my earth suit. If I don't have it, I can't stay on earth. So I want to live in a good one. I want my mouth to work. I want my vocal organs to work. I want my lungs to work. I want to be able to see you. I want to hear you. I want every part of me to work, right? So what am I doing with my mouth to activate my faith in God to keep my body well? What are you doing with your mouth? If you're saying nothing about healing, then you're opening up a door and you're not developing faith, right? Right? So, so if I let, let me say this, it's somewhere in my notes now. Uh, if you let your mouth feed your heart faith when you don't need it, listen, if you let your mouth feed your heart faith when you don't need it, then when you do need faith because you're being attacked, your heart will feed your mouth faith. You thought about it that way? Let me say it again. If you'll feed your heart faith when you don't need it, then when you're attacked and you do need it, that means when the symptoms come, when the doctor says, when something is not feeling right, then your heart will feed your mouth faith and you'll start saying what God says about you. I'm going to know under pressure, you always reveal what you really think inside. Yes or no? Same way with healing. Same exact way. Every single day, out loud and on purpose, I remind the Lord of his promises to me about physical healing. Mark eleven twenty three. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, doesn't doubt in his heart but believes those things he says. Second time he says, says will be done. He will have whatever he says. So again, that makes me question, what am I saying? He didn't say I'm going to have what I think. He says I'm going to have what I say. Right? Here's what I've learned. Say what God says even if at the moment you don't believe it. Did you hear that? I do it. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's working. Say it anyway. Huh? You know, we got all these people. I got some of you in the eyesight, in the armed forces. They, they, they teach these soldiers in rote to do certain things. Is that true, Bo? Well, I guess it could be Army. It could be Navy. It could be Air Force. Or it could be Marines to cover everybody in the room. But we'll say, for instance, Marines for Bo's sake. <laughs> what do they do? They train them. I don't care what you're thinking, how you're feeling, do this. Do this right here. Right? And then they'll give them an acronym for it. I'm not even going to give one, but that's it. But see, you do the exact same thing with faith. You go through the process when it doesn't look like it's working, let your words do, do what they're supposed to. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them, you'll have them. Romans 8, 11, this is how I put feet, feet on this myself. Every morning, I've got certain things I say to the Lord about me, about my relationship with Him. Every morning, I hope you do this. Every day, I thank God for my salvation. 
I don't take for granted I'm going to heaven. I'm really glad. I was going to go to hell. I was bound and determined to go to hell. And Jesus grabbed my, he rattled my cage and rattled me and saved me. Aren't you glad? So every morning I remind him how thankful I am that he rescued me. He put a desire for me and uh, he put a desire for him inside of me, right? But here's one of the things after I do that, here's one of the things I do. And I've got the King James Version in my in my heart, because back when I first started, that's what I read. But if the spirit of him, Romans 8, 11, that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead will also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. New King James changes a little bit. Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body. That word quicken means give life to. I like that. So I take that to task. And then Deuteronomy 33, 25, we had a prayer meeting a few weeks ago and I think Ann looked this up for me. I didn't have the reference in my head. Deuteronomy 33, 25, your sandals shall be iron and bronze. Answer that phone. Uh, As your days, (laughs) so shall your strength be. Everybody say, as your days. So shall your strength be. And I say out loud every single day, Lord, I want to thank you. See, see, you say, well, well Pastor, why are you doing that? Because I believe it. So let me, I say this a lot. I try to put in every day what I want tomorrow to be. So I want to be snuggly with Susan. Tomorrow, I want to be snuggly today. We're going to kiss and hug, hold hands. I'm gonna be, I, I want to have a relationship with my children, so every day, children, right? Right? Um, I want my mind to be clear, so I make sure I forgive every day. Make sure I don't have mental encumbrances every day. Make sure I get rest, right? I make sure I have activity, hobbies. You got to have all that. Make sure I eat properly. I extra, I'm going home tonight. I, I walk two miles before I go to bed. I'm, it's me. That ain't you, that's me. Why? Because tomorrow, I want these legs to work. So I see, see, so so I put in today what I want tomorrow. So with my words, do I want to be healthy tomorrow? Talk about it today. Talk about it. Plant the seeds. You're planting tomorrow's seeds, tomorrow's crop today. So so what kind of harvest you gonna have based on what you've been doing? Another thought for another day, right? So I'm talking about healing right now. I plant the seed. So here's what I say. Father, I thank you that every cell of my body is invigorated by the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead is inside of me. Lord, you're quickening me. You're making me alive. Then I take it the step further because I took biology. I know a little bit about the body. So Lord, I want to thank you that every organ of my body functions the way you created it to function and will do so as long as I'm in my body. And I say that on purpose. And then we have seven systems. So every system of my body functions, Lord, the way that you designed that it function. And it will stay that way until I go to be with Jesus. And then I say, as my years, so my strength will be. I will be strong. Every part of me will work until it's time for me to go be with Jesus. And I lay this body down and I'll go to be with him. Thank you in Jesus' name. Y'all get that? Free of sickness, free of disease. So you can hide and see how it works out because that's the seeds I'm planting. Let's see if the seeds come up. I say they're going to come up. What are you saying about yourself? What are you saying about your life? 
What are you saying about yourself? Well, mama got it. I probably did it too. Shut up. Just shut up. See? But see, the enemy plants doubt. If you see there's somebody here and you're messing with heart stuff because your parents had heart problems. And, and that thought's in the back of your head. You've got, to, you've got to drive it out of you with the word. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's a, somebody's in here, you're dealing with that. The word will drive any problem you got out of your body. Did you hear what I said? It may take some time. Now, you know, I'm pretty rough on my body because I think fast, speak fast, live fast. Drive fast. <laughs> and so sometimes I get myself into problems. And then I have to say, God, I need to learn to slow down a little bit. But, um, and, and so some things I do, uh, I, I hear the Lord say, Mitch, if you just took it a little bit easier, you wouldn't have to believe God for that because it wouldn't have happened. Slow down, boy. So you learn to listen to the Holy Ghost, right? Did y'all get something out of this? So, 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 so don't fear. What are the four points? Number one, deal with fear. Number two, feed your faith. Starve your doubts. Number three, Isaiah 53 is the basis for faith in Jesus' sacrifice. Not only to forgive us, but to heal us. Number four, health starts with your mouth, with what you're saying. Now, at the end of my notes, all of this is in the notes. They're online. Go online tonight. Get them. And, and at the end, I've done this a lot, but I've got another section with molded print to start right in the center that says healing scriptures. And these are the, I've got every single one of these scriptures that I've got, they're all memorized. I don't even have to look at them. I can, I can quote them probably with punctuation. I've just read them. I've, I've quoted them so much to myself. Uh, but that's, that's what I do to feed my faith and to keep myself built up in, in God's will to answer prayer and the fact that God honors his word. All that's in there. Everyone, I've gave you those umpteen times and I'm giving them to you digitally. If you'll put them somewhere where you can access them quickly, then you can go, uh, you can go on, a, on, a, on a break in the morning or your lunch break or sometime in the evening or when you get up in the morning after you do devotions, read them out loud, say them out loud, make them a confession of faith and you'll change what you're thinking and believing. Did y'all get something out of that? Stand up on your feet. Don't go anywhere. We're going to pray. Come on. Come on, hold your hands up. Lift your hands up before the Father. Lord, we want to thank you tonight. We want to thank you for healing and health and wholeness and soundness. Thank you that Jesus himself, the Lord, took our sins in his own body on the tree. <laughs> he also took our sicknesses on his own body on the tree. Say it out loud with me, Heavenly Father. I want to thank you tonight that the same sacrifice of Jesus that took my sin heals my disease and my sickness. And the same faith that brings forgiveness into my life in that I have to believe that I am forgiven before I feel forgiven is the same faith that can drive sickness and can drive disease out of my body. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you tonight that the same Spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead is living inside of me. Lord, He is quickening every cell of my physical body. He is influencing every part 
of my physical person. Every system of my body is daily being affected and revitalized by the Holy Spirit. Every organ of my body is functioning the way you created it to function. Lay your hands on your head. Father, in the name of Jesus, from the top of my head to the bottoms of my feet, I ask you to heal me from every sickness, every disease, every infirmity. I stand against it in the name of Jesus. And I ask you to heal me now. And right now, I believe that I receive healing for my body in the name of Jesus. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So I'll lay hands on me and I say I will recover in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I just give thanks. Every system of my body will function the way you designed it to function. Every organ of my body will function the way you designed it to function. As my years, so will my strength be. Every part of my body will function the way it's supposed to until the day it's time for me to go and be with Jesus when I'm satisfied with life. Lord, I thank you. My mind is strong. My emotions are stable. My will is submitted to you. And Lord, my body is being revitalized by you every single day. Thank you in Jesus' name. I command every fear, go from me. Now, I, now you might need to, here's, here's what you need to do with this one. When you get home or on the way home, whatever fears you've had about your body. And you know, different people have different ones according to what the experiences you may have had, right? So, so you've got to deal with them. I mean, somebody you're dealing with these heart things because your parents did, and it's a fear. Challenge it, resist it, and tell it to get out of your life. And then every time it comes to your mind, you've got to say, Lord, I thank you. I believe I receive health and wholeness and soundness for that, for my heart, for my circulation, for, the, for my blood vessels. Lord, I'll never, I'll never have a stroke. I'll never have, heart, I'll never have a heart attack. Lord, my lungs will function. Whatever it is, it could be a thousand things, right? Deal with the fear. Speak to it. Talk to it. Command it to go. And then say what God says about that area of your body, right? So say it one more time. Lord, thank you for honoring your word in my personal life. Lord, remind me every day to put into words what I believe. To feed my faith. Starve my doubts. You are great, you do miracles so great, there is no one else like you, there is no one else like you, you are great, you do miracles so great, there is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. <clears throat> the caveat to all this, you also have to obey God and do what he's telling you to do. Some, Proverbs says, put a knife to your throat 
if you be a person given to appetite. Sometimes you got to put the spoon and fork down. So I'm telling you, here's what you'll hear from the Holy Spirit. Don't eat so late at night. Stop. Or he may be telling you, quit eating that fatty stuff. Or maybe eating, you know, foods that aren't good for you. See, he knows what's good for every system of you. And if you're violating that and you know it just because you got appetite, friend, you got a problem. And uh, you may need to do some fasting. Say, God, help me with that, right? Got to obey God. Let me just tell you now, the Lord, when I was 23, very clearly, very clearly, I felt lethargic. And he told me, Mitch, for the rest of your life, I want you to exercise. And then he told me to jog. And I jogged for 33 years. And then 10, 10 years ago, last month, he told me to start riding a bike for exercise. And I started doing that. And then I found out that's extremely healthy for your cardiovascular system. Because in my family, in my mother's background, see, there's heart stuff. But I'll never have that. Never. See, God knows what you need to do. You hear what I'm saying? And, and, and you know... In, in American culture, we got some real bad eating habits. We have the worst diet in the world. Did you hear what I'm saying? Everybody likes to come over here and eat our fried chicken and our hamburgers. If that's all you eat and you're neglecting healthy stuff, you know, you're asking God to do things that, that he didn't create your body to do. Did you hear me? Can't violate natural things and expect spiritual things to work right. We just needed to add that, Right? And so now I ride my bike, I, I walk, my Lord. I keep up with every single thing. I, did you know for 1,100 and something days, I've wrote down every single thing I eat over three years. Why? I'm serious. I'm serious about what God can do in me. And I'd love to leave an example to my children and my grandchildren. How many hear me? So make the adjustments you need to make and obey God and let faith in Jesus rid you from sickness. And disease.